0: Hello adventurers! Thank you very much for joining us for another Adventure Hour. Today we have some lovely guests with us but first as always we are going to dive into a little uh, blurb about the story first so we know that we're, what we're getting into. So today we will be doing The Great Gabba Mystery. There's a heist in progress under your very eyes. Catch the thief and solve the case. You have responded to a job ad as a local private investigator, but your interview goes awry when you witness a crime in progress in Woolongabba’s vintage heart. Equipped with only your wits and a police radio, it is up to you to help P.I. Street catch the thief in this glamorous noir adventure. Get ready for getaway cars, gangsters, goddesses, and aliens. This mystery in the heart of the Gabba precinct, where pretty meets ugly and sport meets art, will test all of your deductive skills. Will you save the day and land the job? Da, da, da. Beautiful. This is our adventure today. We are joined by the absolutely Lovely guest stars, our creators for the great Gabba Mystery. We have the delightful Miss Meg Van. Thank you so much for joining us, Meg.
1: It's just so exciting to be here and what fun.
0: Yay! And again, we have a repeat creator coming back to have fun with us. Claire, thank you so much for joining us again.
2: My pleasure. What a what a fun crowd to be spending my Friday with.
0: Woo-hoo. Um, and so uh, for those of you who may remember, Claire was our very first adventure guest in Adventure Hour, episode numero uno. Um, so we will catch up a little bit with Claire, what she's been up to over the past couple of months. But first, Meg, please tell everybody what it is that you write, what you're working on now, what you've been up to.
1: <laughs> well, I've been up to all sorts of dark and twisty things. You will not be surprised to hear. Um, I have a novella coming out next month um, called um, Crawl Space, uh, which is about um, how, as is as usual with my stories, it's about how we treat worst those we love best. Uh, so uh, if you want to get I'm um, really creeped out as well as ha- you have an appetite for social justice, particularly around gendered crimes. I highly recommend uh, Crawl Space published through the wonderful Brain Jar Press. Uh, so yeah, very exciting. Um, and uh, apart from that, I'm now uh, officially a bookseller, uh, which is an absolutely wonderful day geek to have.
0: Oh, that
1: is fabulous. So as a bookseller, what do you get to do? I get to use my powers of book buying for good instead of evil. So I am no longer in debt, forced to build housing out of a pile of books. Um, Instead, I get to um, peruse, select and hand sell, um, you know, thousands of books every month. Uh, We're just coming up to Brisbane Writers' Festival in May, and so um, I've selected um, 300 titles. We'll have 15,000 book units that we move around 3,000 customers drawn from an audience of 10,000 or more um, over five days. So basically, I just have to work out a lot, get really strong, Um, but also, I mean, books and stories have been my safe place, my adventure place. Um, since really before I could read, I would make up dark and twisty psychological thrillers in my head to to gently drift myself off to sleep as a as a four year old. So um, I just basically get to live and breathe books and connect with readers, which is what I really love doing.
0: It's wonderful, and you like you have done so many um, amazing, different jobs in the book industry from like. Being the head of the Queensland Writers Centre, you've also like worked at UQ as part of their like writing and publishing program, and now like book selling, and you're a writer yourself. Do you have like any like favorite little bits of like things that you've learned or done?
1: Yeah, I think um, the favorite thing that I've learned and something that I'm really keen to share with everyone who I. Um, have the the honour of, of working with and um, and mentoring uh, through my various roles as a lecturer or a cultural producer or a um, you know arts leader is that um, whilst there's no straight pathway into a storytelling career there are many 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 doors to open and explore and whether you're located regionally, rurally, or in a metropolitan centre, um, whether you're from a more mainstream or a marginalised or targeted um, culture or subculture, um, whether you feel that you have a higher level of education and great grammar or whether you feel like you just love stories, there is a creative storytelling pathway for you. And um, if you connect with wonderful places like Story City, um, and all of the other great people that are around, um, you can find an open door that will suit you for your creative storytelling talents. Um, just read, 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 listen to stories, immerse yourself in the storytelling world.
0: And I I wonder what also your take is, having come from like university institutes that teach creativity and then also having seen into like, um, areas more like the writer's center where it's more um less like a multi-year degree and more like picking up expertise from individual people who have done different things like do you think that there is a a better way of like learning to be creative like how how what are the pros and cons of each of those
1: Great question. Um, firstly, I think it's important to know that everyone can learn to write. You just need good teachers and good good um, peers um, and you need to read a lot. Um, so as long as you have those, anyone can learn to write. Um, I noticed that um, when writing in an academic context or learning to write in an academic context, um, It's about the advancement of knowledge as well as as much as it is about learning the tools of the craft. Um, So um, academic writing is really good for absolute newcomers who need to get across the basics and for whom a um, formal qualification will help them with their chosen career path. Um, So if you want to get a a job in an industry where you need a writing degree for it, absolutely go ahead and go to uni. If you are wanting to, if you're mature age and wanting to re-enter into writing because you were really good at it before, go to a writer's center. Um, or if you have done a degree and you're maybe working in an industry you love, but you're not writing to your passion. So you might be working, doing high level communication strategies for a government department, but really what you wanna do is write um, erotic romance, then head along to a writer's center and dive into your niche. They cater, writer centers cater beautifully for niche and also um, career development. Mm, I love
0: that. uh, and I think that one of the things that I really appreciated um, in all of the wonderful times that we've, like, been able to work together, I think that you um, had this really wonderful view because the arts is one of those things where um, there's this, this almost a feeling that you should do things because you love it. And as a result, like, the, the type of burnout that you get from being in arts... Uh, and working in arts programs and all of those kind of things can be crazy. And um, you've always been a really great advocate for balanced arts um, programs and institutes that don't result in burnout because mental health is really important. I just kind of wanted to dive into that a little bit because um, you have always been just a great voice of reason Um for that, for me. And I know that as a result of having worked with you, I put boundaries in place in my life that have definitely made my mental health better as someone who works in the arts and creativity.
1: Oh, Em, that's just such a beautiful thing to say. I feel just really, really, just honored and and fueled by, by you saying that, because I also really admire your work ethic, your creativity and the way you marry your um, love of a great idea with your ability to pay the bills, like just absolutely outstanding. Um, I guess I don't really think of myself in my early days in an arts, um career of being great with boundaries but it just so happened that when i really plunged into an arts career i had young kids so i just had to draw a line because otherwise i would get you know sued for neglect um and i guess i took that lesson um through with me um, having a portfolio career has really helped me so i've never really just worked full-time on one thing, I've always, even when I was CEO of Queensland Writers' Centre, I was still um, an active member of a writers' group, I still had a manuscript that I was pitching through publication, um, and uh, and then as a lecturer, I was not just a lecturer, I also ran a, um, so when I was in, in community arts, I did guest lectures for uni, but when I was at uni, at a university lecturer, I did um, community work, so I, I like um, having touch points across different parts of the creative industry and the book sector um, just really helped me. If I felt like, you know, I was struggling with my self esteem or a lack of perceived lack of progress in one area, I could be bolstered by being really feeling really highly valued and successful in another area. So I had that balance. Um, and the other big thing is um, I really believe that. Um, you know, it's an unveiling of authentic passions when we enter, when we decide to commit to a a creative career. Um, And it took me a while. I really knew it was about books and storytelling, but I didn't really know where in that. I knew I wanted to write, but I knew I wanted to do community development as well. Um, So just having a bit of freedom to, explore the injury, but I didn't explore it in a taking sense. I came to it with a sense of generosity and curiosity. And I really, really respond um, positively to people um, in the industry who have those same qualities, who are, you know, ethical, generous and curious, um, because it just allows you to have really open, authentic, we can be as quirky as we like, um, but it just comes with a, a feeling of cultural safety and a personal responsibility. That enables just a really, really healthy, you know, you can clear, you, you you don't have to put up with any toxicity in your working environment and just end up connecting with really great people. So, by that sort of pay it forward approach, like if I meet someone who I perceive might be able to open up a creative professional opportunity for me down the line, I don't thrust my business card at them and demand they follow me on Twitter instead or Twitch. Um, thrill sister. Um, (laughs) Instead, I look for ways that I can be accepted to them. And that has been a really kind of successful way for me to always feel supported because people are always happy. The other thing is, as it says in the introduction to the Great Gather Mystery, um, embrace both sports and arts because both are really important for holistic wellness. So. Um, like um, Chuck Wendig always says, you know, writing is, involves a lot of bum glue, but eventually you've got to leave yourself up out the chair and move your body around to maintain holistic wellness. Yeah, 100%. So I go to the gym, I lift up everything, so I put them back down again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and as a bookseller, you found the great combination between physical and. <laughs> <laughs> So much, Meg. I appreciate that insight. Um, and uh and I know I, I knew that you would have a have a really interesting take on that. Um I might jump a little bit to uh Claire and say hello Claire. You had something very exciting happen to you today where you actually gave your first university lecture lecture.
2: Yeah, I, I'm actually like I'm I'm so glad that I know you, Meg, because everything that you just said is such a perfect mirror for what's happening in my life like over the past like couple of years really um yeah and like yeah that's definitely something that I did for the first time yesterday actually um did my first university class um as a teacher not a student and it was all about uh social media for creative enterprise so I'm really uh in that whole field of creative industries as well but not so much writing more sort of like Uh, the music industry and uh, radio, Uh, so yeah, it's um, interesting to see all these different parallels between the way that my work um, mirrors a lot of stuff that's happening in the writing industry, so yeah, it's cool to to see um, that happening.
0: Um, when when we had a chat at the end of our, our first episode last time, Claire, um, you actually gave me like a little insight into like how you ended up in Sydney and kind of built the career that you currently have. I think it's it was so fascinating and interesting to hear how you did that, that I, if you wouldn't mind, I would love for you to share a little bit about that journey. Because as Meg said, like there is a journey for everyone and everyone gets to you know their writing journey or their ability in a bunch of different ways and you came at yours in a really interesting and wonderful way and you do a lot of really cool things so i was wondering if you might be able to share a little bit about
2: that i mean um so my whole story i guess i I have always been a creative person um, but I have always had different outlets for my creativity. I really um, have never tried to uh, consign myself to a particular art form. Um, I was an illustrator for Story City and that's definitely um, a type of art that I really enjoy creating. Um, but initially when I left school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, but I loved writing. I wanted to be a writer. I thought that was absolutely the, the trajectory of what my career was gonna be like. And more specifically, some of the stuff that I really loved writing about, I loved writing sort of like long form editorial pieces about life and creativity and particularly music. So. When I left school, I fortunately got into um, a communications degree and I was sort of like, okay, I'm gonna go here, I'm gonna learn to write and I'm gonna be a music journalist because I love writing about music and art and that's a really easy way to kill my birds with one stone. Um, so I started doing that and studying that and um, you know, time went on and I was still doing art. I had my own art business at the time where I was um, doing illustration jobs and graphic design jobs for different businesses and government organizations and university societies, all sorts of things. Um, so it was all going at the same time, and um, I also was working uh, as a lighting technician in like nightclubs because I had done that certification when I was still in high school, and I loved pretty lights and performance. And, you know, I'd done a lot of stage performance in school. So yeah, as I said, doing all the different types of creativity, Um, I was also a dance teacher for a little bit as well. So yeah, doing everything. Um, But eventually what happened was um, I got the opportunity to do a internship in the music department of a radio station where I could write about music all the time. Um, And I was like, this is such a cool opportunity. I just get to hang out with people that love music all day and write about songs that I love and process music and hear new music. And I could easily just do this forever because like music is absolutely the spice of life, right? So I um, went and did this internship and I think it was about four months. And um, I would basically just come into this radio station and argue with my uh, supervisor about what songs were good. And um, at the end of the internship, uh, they were sort of like, Claire, we thought you were going to be really shy at the start of this, but um, turns out you can talk a lot. You should think about doing your own radio show. And I was like, oh, I've never really thought about that. Um, but I guess like, yeah, if you guys think I'm up for it, I'm willing to give it a go. Um, and that turned into about eight years of radio love for me. It's something I, never chose to do but absolutely fell in love with and my technical background with the lighting design lent itself into uh doing radio production so i sort of had a crash course in producing radio and then got to the point where i was able to train other radio announcers and producers and that all progressed just through my love of the content that i was creating and the people that i got to meet and um, Yeah, and then I ended up becoming the marketing coordinator for that station um, just through like my studies and being there all the time. And um, all of that sort of happened. And then I got to a point uh, last year where I sort of hit a point in the road where I sort of had been doing all of this for a really long time, didn't really know what my next step was going to be. And I was like, you know, I could easily stick around and try and do the same old thing, or I could you know, try and mix it up a little bit. So just sort of started applying to different jobs around the place. I'd just gotten my master's degree um, in digital comms, like uh, in like communications. So I was very good at like data analysis and, um, you know, doing marketing and all those sorts of things. Um, And I got offered a job here in Sydney in the finance industry of all industries. Um, Definitely not an industry that I thought I'd be a part of ever. Uh, but it was an opportunity nonetheless to relocate my life and try something totally different. And I had no strings attached in Brisbane. Um, so I was like, you know what, let's, let's do it. Let's move to Sydney and see what happens. Um, so I moved there and worked in the finance industry, um, which was a great experience, but I really quickly learned that although the job was something that I could do the industry was not an industry that I loved. Um, It was very interesting. I learned a lot about my own finances, first of all, but a lot of other things. Um, And then one day I was on my lunch break and I got a call from a big radio station here in Sydney and they offered me a contract. And I was given the opportunity again to work in music radio, didn't even have to do an interview, um, just had to say yes or no and so it was sort of like a no-brainer for me and I said yes and um, from that experience uh, I got back into music radio and back into the music industry and back into radio and now I work um, at two different radio stations oh two different radio stations in Sydney um, a community radio organization that um, looks after all of Australian community radio and I also work at an arts university where I get to Engage with all of these wonderful students that are studying things like music, um, game design, animation, like all sorts of wonderful uh, creative souls. So yeah, that's where I'm at now, and I'm teaching there now.
0: <laughs> right, the twisty, turny pathways that you kind of end up in when you when you when you say oh. Okay, you think I'm a good talker? Yes, I will do the thing. I'll give it a shot. Like, oh, you would like yeah. to try out this? Okay, well, I mean, it's, it's, it could just go horribly. That's fine. Yeah, I'm,
2: yeah. I am the number one advocate for giving it a red hot crack, Em. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: beautiful. Well, okay, so uh, we are now going to be diving into our adventure the great Gavin mystery today. Um, And uh, I don't know, are both of you ladies interested in maybe if I do the narration, are you ladies interested in maybe doing some of the the voices that appear in this here story? Are you up for that? Maybe yes? How do you feel about it, Claire?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, My uh, my connection, unfortunately, is a little intermittent, so um i'll I'll play along as much as i can sounds good not to worry
2: (laughs) i'm with you meg we'll we'll see how we go
0: (laughs) okay all right so uh we are starting uh for those of you who are playing by podcast afterwards uh we are starting here in the uh the absolutely lovely woolen district Um, You will uh, see that we are in this kind of little cul-de-sac kind of area here. It's a nice little vintagey sort of area within Brisbane. Uh, It's got these very cute lamps that are uh, street lights. Um, So you've got um, some, some beautiful kind of umbrella lampshade looking lights that are in and around here. Uh, across the road, you you can't see it um, uh, 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 over the building at the moment, but it's the uh, the Wool and grounds. grounds um, that is where a, a bunch of uh, Australian football is played AFL, uh, the Brisbane Lions, uh, along with uh, a bunch of cricket. Um, it is, uh, I think, going to be raised and rebuilt for the for the olympic games in a decade or so i think is the is the idea
2: there's a a lot going on in the gather these days
0: there is there is and i i do wonder how much of like the the areas that we'll wander through today will like be redeveloped by the new plans for that but we will we will see uh but as you can see Tropical Queensland, so you know we've got lots of palm trees here. We've got the the river kind of yonder, um, and uh, and some beautiful like fig trees, and uh, and just you know a lovely kind of you know old school vintage vibe in this area. So to set the scene for that, uh, you'll see here also the lovely artwork from the beautiful Claire Neil, uh, and uh, we see our very our mystery thief there hanging out in red. Uh, so let's uh, let's get started on this adventure. Okay. The ad for assistant investigator said to meet P.I. Street outside the Woolagabba police beat. You nervously scan the area. Times have been tough. You really need this job. The Gabba precinct has a quirky charm that draws all manner of folks brightly dressed moths to its vintage flame. Shells of history cast triangular shadows across these bustling streets where old buildings are meticulously restored or deliciously abandoned. And of course, there is the Gabba Stadium itself, a massive concrete spaceship filled with the hopes and dreams of thousands, landed smack bang in the middle. Here is a place where old meets new, where pretty meets ugly, where sport meets art. It seems right for Dark Axe, the perfect place to kickstart your dreams of donning a trench coat, solving mysteries, and earning big money. Uh, Meg, I'm going to get you to be PI Street.
1: Hey there, Sizzle. I'm PI Street. Are you my next appointment?
0: You nod, but before you can answer, a voice calls out.
1: Stop,
2: (laughs) thief! Help, call the police!
0: footsteps beat towards you someone brushes past your shoulder they're moving too fast for you to get a close look you rub your shoulder reflectively even though they didn't hit you hard a crowd of people gather pointing and yelling a police officer steps out from the beat looking harassed am i doing
2: this
0: go on do it
2: claire okay pi street Why do you always seem to show up in the right place at the wrong time?
0: Street whispers to you.
1: That's Detective Adler. He's known me since I was just a kid growing up in this neighbourhood, playing on both sides of the tracks. I'm here interviewing my new assistant.
0: Street points to you.
1: Street points to you and you blush. You
0: blush. That's right. You never imagined you'd be meeting a police officer so soon into your interview.
1: This is a fire alarm test. What's up, Adler? Uh, this okay. is a fire alarm test. Really?
0: That's okay, Yeah, <laughs> you may have to. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are also in the middle of a fire alarm test at a disco in Claire's workplace. <laughs> uh, Adler eyeballs you and you stand... What's <laughs> uh, ...trying to look as tough and as smart as street. I've got a problem, street, and it looks like you're my solution. Everyone from the police beat is over at the stadium responding to an incident. But right now, we've got a robbery in progress.
1: It's my day off, you know. I planned a few interviews over a quiet cup of coffee.
0: Street gives Adler a steely. What
1: do you need?
0: In the crime-solving business, you never get a day off. Everywhere you go, there's a mystery to solve. Adler gives a gruff laugh and passes Street to police radio. The thief has made off with a priceless relic. The details are confidential. National security laws at all. Help me catch the thief and reclaim the artifact. Adler runs back into the police beat and Street turns to you.
1: The thief ran straight past you. Did you catch a glimpse?
0: Uh, yes, they, they're young, wearing a, a sports cap pulled low. You think hard wanting to impress. They're clutching a beat up leather tote bag as if their life depended on it.
1: Good work. You're the first today who's shown any promise. Want to help me solve this mystery?
0: Shocked and delighted at this chance to prove yourself, you managed to nod.
1: All right, consider this your interview. Which way?
0: Street looks at you expectantly. You rise to your first challenge. The thief ran that way. But there's also some witnesses calling out for help down there. Do you? Take the chance to prove how fast you are on your feet and chase after the thief. Or show off your detective skills honed from watching endless cop shows on TV. Then question the witnesses. All right, everyone. What are we feeling? Are we going to be sporty and uh, attempt to run the thief down? Or are we going to be... Smart and interview some
1: witnesses to try and head them off? Well, I reckon if it was me going for the interview, I reckon there's probably quite a few people who can run fast. Um, But I think what impressed Street first up was my observation and my smarts. So maybe I'll go. Or I reckon we should go for showing off our detective skills showing home from off. watching endless cop shows on TV.
0: <laughs> oh, we know how Meg loves to do her writing, don't we? <laughs> do I second
2: you? that. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. You're yeah. showing your crime writer side, Meg. <laughs> I mean, I too. Um,
1: I have watched a lot of.
0: I, I am not the best runner. So, like, I'm going to be honest, I could attempt to run the thief down, but I would very quickly fail. Like so, I think but that I would prefer to use. Clearly some not doing. Yeah,
2: we're clearly not doing the holistic uh, physical activity, riding, balance today. We're going for the. We're going
1: for the. Chill <laughs> <route>. <laughs> After my big spill, I choose the option which your on us, watching
2: hours and hours of television. <laughs> we're exercising the mind, actually.
1: Um, I mean, and we could look honestly. The street looks like you know they're probably not going to be the one they that's chasing down the cook. So maybe they do want us to show off our athletic prowess. But do you know what? There's so much construction going on around the Gabba. I reckon if we tried to run off, we'd end up falling down a pothole.
0: Yeah, we would need to know like parkour, like hardcore parkour right now to be able to run through
1: <laughs> around the scaffolding down through the new tunnel.
0: And you you have no idea what the parkour levels are of the thief that you're chasing?
1: True, true. They could be experienced.
0: Right? Exactly. Um, So the other thing that I remember that you built into this story, Meg, was that you had people kind of like adding to the document case for uh, for PI Street, so he wants you to, like, take photographs so that, like, they can kind of drum up business. So he's he's getting his social media hat on, Claire, and he's like, we need to take photos of us, like, love investigating it. so that people will know. He's doing a bit of the, like, you know, let's do the Watson thing where we're doing the posts about Sherlock so we can get a bit of publicity and get ourselves some business, you know. I love that. So, Just so
2: the things can, like, keep track of exactly where they are too. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> And so, Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And so he said, how about he builds in like a a clue puzzle for each picture that we're going to take. And so the one for this particular location is that uh, Parisian-style street lamps are a key feature of this area. Um, And so Adler tells you that before the heist, the thief was seen lingering at a place where three lamps gather. And so we wanted to take our photograph near that. So if we have a look a lot of different lamps kind of hanging out but we want to be at a place where three of the lamps gather together so I wonder if we can we can tell that from our little street I think this is probably going to be the area where most of them have gathered, isn't it? Yeah, like
2: at the, yeah.
0: In this kind of like there square. seems
2: to be a mixture. Yeah.
0: At the very least, you know, you you've have three different ones in this kind of triangle right here. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. So there we go. Click, click, screen grab. We've caught our first bit of social media. Uh, And then we are off to the Logan Road pedestrian seating. So that's this guy over here further down the street. Mm -mm 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 -mm. This man's holding a very delicious looking coffee. Maybe uh, maybe us armchair travellers can slurp along with him there. Mm -mm -mm -mm. There's a beautiful,
2: (laughs) I don't know if it's still there, but there's that beautiful Italian restaurant in that little precinct. Oh, yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you what it's called, but they have like their own wine importer that like goes to Italy every now and then and like brings back all this wine.
0: Look at all of the um the the yeah text.
1: still there the wall of wine still there and it also does the beautiful giant wheel of cheese pasta where they just bring out a giant wheel of cheese, plop fresh oh pasta fresh cooked hot yeah, making me hungry and then <laughs> put it on your plate with pepper.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, oh that sounds delicious! Doesn't doesn't I know what I'm having for
2: dinner?
0: Right? Doesn't one of these places also have like a hidden speakeasy that's like downstairs as well?
2: Ooh, oh, oh! Do you know what? I have to go check it, it out. It had a hidden speakeasy.
1: Yeah, it had a hidden speakeasy for years, but now it's even better. It's a pinball arcade. Ooh. Ooh. Nice.
0: Yes. I'm on board for that. Oh, it's a Ghostbusters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm checking out next time I come back to happen. babies, You know. oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. It's the best place to hang out. Amazing. We go there for dinner and games. Yes, on
0: board. Um, and look really? at these lovely ghost signs as well that kind of exist on the <laughs> old buildings around here. Like, how cool is that? little bit of history kind of peeking out at us all right sorry we are going now to our beautiful seating area right here
1: yeah i the... love that i love the layering of history
0: mm-hmm. and um look at this look at the beautiful morton bag yeah field. the layering of history
1: is spectacular
0: mm-hmm. it's um particularly mm-hmm. i think that's why you picked this area right meg because of that historic kind of vibe to it and the, as you said the vintage vibe right
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I just love that um, that large road that you can see at the intersection, Ipswich Road. There, it was the original bullocky train. When they discovered the Cunningham's Gap through the um, Great Dividing Range from the farmlands out west, they'd come through the gap straight, and they'd drive the bullocky trains straight up Ipswich Road. Um, and then there was a big. Um, there's a local um, flavour of ginger beer, a local brand of ginger beer, Stone's ginger beer, and that's where the Stone's ginger beer factory was. Um, So they'd stop off and have some ginger beer because it was so hot, and then they'd continue on taking the the bullets and the farm produce down. Um, And then um, they would be... uh, um, and so I just love it. There's that really, really old history that you can still see in the geography of the place. And so I felt when I was writing this story that even though I knew there would be change and growth, um, that some of the old history would still peek through in the building facades and um, and the local characters as well. But also it keeps getting layered with this really interesting um, futuristic architecture as well. So. Once it's like the giant concourse into the GABA and the new train tunnels and um, a few mega structures around it, I think that's going to add a whole nother level of wow to this story. Even if there's little bits of landmarks that have changed, there'll be exciting new things in their place that people can really use a jumping off point as they imagine their way through this story.
0: A hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, it and and the the great thing that i love about mixed story in particular is that we if you go down a different branch so they're like there are like eight eventual kind of branches that you go down each one ends up being a completely different genre which i love like it, it it is like one of my favorite things about this this particular story uh okay so we are now at the Logan Road pedestrian seating. Look at our beautiful uh, uh, lamp-like uh, structures here with the beautiful lampshades, uh, and uh, and we are uh, interviewing our witnesses. A dozen witnesses mill around the pedestrian seating area across from the old clock at the western end of the Gabba precinct mall. The air buzzes with tension. Your brain works overtime, trying to observe and catalogue details. You recognise a famous restaurateur in her fedora and pearls, talking heatedly with a violin maker. His Einstein froze shocked to greater than usual heights. Both locals both revered in their game. Street approaches the pair.
1: I'm PI Street and this is my assistant in training.
0: Zoltan peers at you over his half-moon spectacles. Claire?
2: I'll just... I remember you, Street. Still up to no good. Oh, is this me too? No, that's Come
1: on, made uh, Mr. Polanka. I've never got into any real
0: mischief. What about the time you hid your pet mouse in his violin case? Olive Pearlie pushed up the brim of her fedora. Her eyes twinkled fondly. They heard you scream all the way in Budapest, I think, Zoltan. Hearing this description of streets, wayward youth gives you a new insight. This makes you feel better about your own chances of success. You kick off the witness interrogation. Did either of you see what happened? Immediately, a chorus of witnesses fired their opinions at you UN and Street. Unbelievable! An outrage! We saw a young
1: fella run off that way with a big bag. Okay. Okay, okay. Who was robbed? What did they take?
0: street asks the crowd stalls only a few shuffling feet breaking the silence it was me a tall figure in a long dark coat steps forward street raises his eyebrows at you and you nod letting him know you recognize that face from the news reports known as asa he runs the diamond adonis a high-end antique shop rumored to run More deals under the table than across the counter.
2: They took everything from my safe, but most importantly, they took a relic: an opal firebird, the legendary creature of magical protection.
0: Asa holds his hands apart to indicate the size of the treasure is akin to a football.
2: It's covered from a block sorry it's carved from a block of solid black
0: opal worth three million dollars the thief must be caught you catch your breath three million dollars money like that could change your life more than any new job
2: the thief locked me in my own safe room i've only just escaped but through the window. I saw them run off that
0: way." He points along Jugger's Street, up past the massive jacaranda tower looming over the precinct.
2: I think it was just a kid, but be careful, they had a gun.
0: A gun? You squeak.
1: Stay behind me, you'll be fine.
0: Street looks calm and confident. You pull a tight lid on your fear and try to think the situation through logically. The thief is young. Maybe they're working with an accomplice. Street eyeballs you, then nods in approval.
1: Great insight into the criminal mind, newbie. What do you suggest we do next?
0: Do you follow temptation and hunt down the thief to get that $3 million treasure for yourself or demonstrate your cunning and tail the thief. If they lead you to the accomplice, accomplice, you could catch the whole gang and be a hero. So guys, what do we want to do? Do we want to hunt down the thief and get a $3 million treasure for ourselves? Because, whew, we know that being a PI is going to give us $3 million or do we really go all in on the PI thing and demonstrate how cunning we are?
2: I want to be cunning. (laughs) I want to do do
1: good PI things. (laughs) Meg? Well, look, I hear you on that, Claire, but it's called the firebird and, Like, I'm a huge fan of the Queensland Firebirds, our absolutely dominating local netball team. Amazing bunch of inspiring women. So I wouldn't mind getting myself my hands on a $3 million Firebird opal, carved opal egg. I reckon I might follow temptation. What do you reckon?
0: All right, we're gonna have I a coin mean,
2: justification costs. like that. You've sold me. <laughs> do, do I, I'm in New South Wales. I have no <laughs> jurisdiction over the great government.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and come on, I understand the want to be cunning, right? Like you wanting to prove your intellectual prowess, you know. And, uh, and they, they understand that. We could always, you uh, could always flip for it. You could always flip the coin for it. But I think that Meg argued so passionately for getting $3 million, yeah. that why would we deny her?
2: Um, you know, it's you it know. seems like the less safe choice. Like I feel like I'm just being too safe now that I think about it.
0: <laughs> Maybe. All right. Yes, I like that. Now, uh, before we we bounce off to go looking for our firebird, uh, as our bonus activity here, we are going to be uh, examining the Gabba Precinct skyline for a bird sculpture perched uh, precariously atop a high facade. Could this be the clue of the whereabouts of the Opal Firebird? So let's
2: Is there some sort of gargoyle on that building over there? Maybe. It doesn't look like anything kind like of Like a, a This one over here. Yeah, year. yeah. Like a Is that like a bird or something on top?
1: That's the So Looks good. can in look here. Can I
2: get on the other side? we go on the other side of the road. I don't know. All I'm seeing is palm trees. Maybe further down there. Hey, I you
1: think. gorgeous people. I reckon I'm going to have to leave you to find the mysterious uh, clue.
0: <laughs> having, um, having lost
1: I'm, I'm about you. I've to. I've got to. Get off. <laughs> I'm gonna head off to my next my next important PI job, so uh, I've got a got a client waiting.
0: <laughs> that is probably a fake. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining it's us. Just so we, beautiful appreciate
1: beautiful. Yeah. we appreciate
0: it. We appreciate it. We'll let you it's know. It's so
1: beautiful to catch up with. Lovely you. to see you, Meg.
0: And we'll let you know. You whether too, Claire. We'll you know I love
1: following your and travels on and stage. And
0: yeah, like honestly, I know,
1: yeah, like I'll
0: send
2: you an email or something and we'll have a chat. Perfect. <laughs>
0: All right, thanks. See it. you later. Thank you very much, Meg. Oh, Meg, Hi. first, before you leave, how can people find you yeah. online so that they can maybe learn more about the new novel oh. that's out?
1: Oh, beautiful. Okay. Well, I'm reasonably, I've got an author page on Facebook, Meg Van, V-A-N-N. And then I am on Insta as well. You can find me searching Meg Van. My handle at the moment is Lilac Lioness because of my gorgeous hair. I haven't been, I've been boycotting Twitter because of all the dick moves happening over there, but I, I occasionally pop into Twitter. Um, And here I am on Twitch as Thrill Sister.
0: Beautiful.
1: And all my um, publication information is listed on webn.com, V-A-N-N. Or you can find me on Brain Jar Press website. They've got a lot of my publications there as well.
0: Amazing. Thank you, Meg. Have a lovely afternoon. We'll let you know how our adventure ends.
1: Thanks, Meg. Ciao, ciao. Woohoo! Bye.
0: Bye, Meg beautiful love it all right so we are now to the of it. our next service which is the giant surfer so where are we we are over on ipswich road uh, and so that means that we have crossed the street in this direction so we are down near the intersection with Ipswich and Hawthorne, right here. So, this is where we're facing. Everybody, we're on the edge, as it were. Ah, oh, I see. And we're looking for the giant surfer. Where is he gone? Oh, it is an art piece that is somewhere on this corner. Ah, there he is, right there. Okay. Oh, I see. See, right there.
2: How fun.
0: Right here. Look at our beautiful surfer. Isn't he lovely? Gorgeous. Okay. Do you want to take over the street there? Sure. All right. All right. Uh,
2: Public monuments to local creativity are all around us.
0: With pride, street points out the local landmarks.
2: Laser tag was invented right here in Wollongabba, and now it's played all over the world. And there's the giant surfer on the corrugated tin roof wave. A Gabba classic.
0: (laughs) You're not politely preoccupied with the scanning of the area and forming secret plans to ditch the P.I. and Steal the treasure. You catch a glimpse of the feet that cross the road. They are holding up a strange glowing object, pointing it directly at you. Glimmering with ice and fire, it has outstretched wings that seem to move. The magical firebird. Mm -mm -mm. No way. Something strange begins to happen. Your senses warp as the chaos of modern life seeps away into sepia stillness. The road becomes riven dirt. Bullocky carts clip clock by. Grit settles on your skin. You rub your eyes and look again. The thief is still pointing the firebird at you, but they have swapped their sports cap for a bonnet and their jeans for a bustling black frock, richly draped over whalebone curves. Street! What's happening? Bewildered, you panic and hold out the police radio to him. Call for help.
2: What's wrong, newbie? You look like you've seen a ghost.
0: Street takes the radio and scans the area. I don't see our thief. Laid beneath the fading image of a modern white building on the corner of Ipswich and Hawthorne, a rough old wooden shack emerges its rusted tin roof creaking in a stiff breeze the thief disappears behind the shack casting a nervous glance over her shoulder she catches your eye her bonnet shadowed face drawn with such grief that you clutch your chest in sympathy you squint through shifting prisms of time to make out a hallucinogenic swirl a modern mural painted on the side of the shack undulates as time seems to shift broad swaths of color twist and rither, until the face of a powerful goddess forms in the sky. The woman in black holds up the firebird, chanting in a strange dialect. Beside you, Street is muttering into the police radio, calling for paramedics.
2: I don't know any medical history. We only just met. But it looks like some kind of fit, or maybe a heart attack? Come quick.
0: Street's form begins to flicker like an old film reel, blurry and dissolving. The firebird grows huge. It raises its proud beak and lets loose a shuddering cry. The wind squalls with catarine tail lashes. The face of the goddess merges back into the mural, while the woman in black is lifted off her feet, skirts spinning. The firebird rises up beneath her, and she settles astride its mighty back, turning the winged beast back towards you, swooping so close you feel the breeze against your neck. The firebird extends its fearsome talons and swipes deep through streets' ghostly form. Look out, you cry. Winds howl with wild longing, and the sting of magic is against your skin.
2: Do you want me to be this chick? Do it. The goddess? Do it. He does not see what you see under the firebird's spell. We mean no harm.
0: She holds out one hand.
2: Time is slipping away. Come, I need an innocent to help complete this.
0: Innocent? Me? You call back, heart racing but determined to cover your fear.
2: I'm Alice. I've travelled eons to find this magical bird. It has chosen you to help complete my quest.
0: You reach up as high as you can, stretch and make your final decision. Do you reach up and take Alice's hand, forsaking your dreams of wealth to solve this mystery? Or do you grab the bird's talons and try to pull it to the ground, determined to defeat the sorceress and make this magical treasure your own? Claire, thoughts.
2: I think we should reach up and take Alice's hand. Right. That seems exciting,
0: right? Like I mm. was like, okay, first, all for three million. Clearly, this is worth
2: more than treasure. It's worth right. more than treasure. I feel
0: right. Yeah, like because mm. originally we went after it because we we're like, ooh. Beautiful opal firebird, you know, named after the Firebirds netball team here in Queensland, you know, maybe three million dollars <laughs> worth. This sounds a bit cheeky, it sounds a bit exciting. And now we're given the option of like, okay, we can go super greedy or we can keep going down the exciting pathway, which is a hundred percent reaching up. I think this is
2: a money can't buy opportunity. I think we gotta we gotta risk it for the biscuit.
0: I think <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, uh, so for those of you who are watching on the podcast the uh the area that we're in right now we are opposite this very funky kind of surf skate and sail shop um and so on it there's this roof that has been turned into like a breaking wave and there's this silver surfer like surfing through this breaking wave on this this shop facade um so it's very very cute um and then nearby I'm not quite sure if the the goddess uh, in that image was kind of like imagined, or if um, if the, it used to be a mural. Um, I f- have a feeling that like here, which is where like the was yeah. uh, meant to be the shack, right? I'm pretty sure that there did used to be a mural somewhere around here,
2: but maybe there have- still are some murals around there from memory. Yeah, um, I used to live really close to there in Brisbane.
0: Yeah, because oh, yeah, I'm perhaps. pretty sure because um, this building looks super new because um, this is like September 2022. So I do wonder if maybe it used to be on the side of this building here and it kind of got – oh, no, there she is. Look at uh-huh. her. There she is. The goddess Where? right there. This is our
2: goddess. Yo.
0: Yeah, still okay. there. we see Love that. She's got like triangles on her hands, beautiful flowing. Like, she looks truly
2: goddessy. She does.
0: She's got like four arms. It. Like she's, she's,
2: she's. There's some geometry happening with those triangles.
0: Uh-huh. Love it as as you say Love as it. a as a mural based uh, artist as well there Claire you appreciate as it.
2: as someone as someone that has painted a few murals in her time I'm I'm Myron and it's a nice it's a nice mural <laughs> cool
0: all right let's do it awesome and that was our bonus activity well as well as finding our goddess space so excellent found her uh and so now we're going to reach and uh, and grab the hand so uh so we are heading then to the church which is going to be down hawthorne street uh, across the pacific motorway all right let's do this so we're going across the motorway all the way over all the way over to near yeah, Trinity Lane. This guy right here. So we should find ourselves. The church here, there he is. Hi, hey, little church. You look nice. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty it's So one. crazy that
2: laser force is invent- invented in Wool and Gabba.
0: Right, laser tag, what?
2: So wild. Like laser tag is just like a, a smash world phenomenon. And it's right. invented right there in Brisbane.
0: That is so, so crazy. crazy. Yeah, that is, that is, that is 100% really. Um,
2: but it makes perfect be sense because of. Brisbane is full of kooky people. So <laughs>
0: it's
2: it makes perfect sense that it's out of Brisbane.
0: You know, I really wonder what came first, like paintball or laser tag? Like were they invented around the same time? Like this is what I want to know, right?
2: This is a journalistic inquiry that we're going to have to delve deep into, Em. Um.
0: I think so. I think so. It's a, it's it's a, if we can also like mix it with a bit of uh, a bit of music history, I'm sure that like we can we can get it done. Actually, love it. A bit of music history. Brisbane isn't...
2: has great music history.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Brisbane it's a is the best
2: place of punk.
0: Oh, it really?
2: Truly, um, there's a band from Brisbane um, called The Saints that are directly credited with um, giving the Sex Pistols all of their inspiration. Mm.
0: Wow.
2: And also not to mention the Bee Gees live there also. So mm. it's kind of also the birthplace of, uh, well, not the birthplace, but uh, the, the, the nurturing grounds for the renaissance of disco. Um, let's not forget Brisbane is truly a creative hub
0: yeah I love that and and um Powderfinger also from Brisbane their Vulture Street album not in Woolloongabba but in the West End um and yeah so all of that all of that is into the tapestry of music that is that is of uh, Brisbane
2: still some great gigs to be found in that part of Brisbane as well
0: 100 mm-hmm, percent um so for those of us listening on the podcast we have gone up the hill to the Holy trinity anglican church which is this beautiful um very kind of spanish looking whitewash uh, wall um church with these like terracotta orange terracotta tiles on the roof um and uh and kind of like
2: it's everything and, a beautiful church should, should be. It it's really very is. cute it yeah. is
0: so this beautiful kind of um, dome capped uh, like a bell tower um, and all of like the fringes of the roof kind of you know have been done in the in kind of a crenulated kind of castle kind of style there um, and it's quite quite scraggly ground as, as well so it kind of does look like you're in a little bit of a deserty kind of part of part of Brisbane uh, but just yeah absolutely gorgeous church um, and we are here because we have taken the hand of the uh, goddess. Uh, is assistant and are on the back of a firebird. So, on the firebird's back, you crest the sacred hill. Above the steeple of a historic church, the firebird spirals in a tightening gyre. You sway with the rhythm of each mighty beating wing. All is ready. Oh, sorry, I'll let you do that, Claire. Okay, okay.
2: Uh, all is ready.
0: Alice calls to you over her shoulder.
2: My love awaits. If our union is consecrated, together we will beat the evil forces and heal this rift in time.
0: Fear flutters in your chest. What evil forces? But Alice does not hear you over the roaring of the flight's winds. The church roof opens beneath you to reveal the divine scene within. A congregation dressed in clothes from across the globe and throughout time. A priest in jacaranda robes floats at the altar. Before him stands a noble figure bearing a crown beset with opals and dressed in a glorious suit woven from silk and paper bark embroidered with glittering fleece. Priest and noble both lift their faces towards the firebird. The noble calls out, her eyes glowing righteous.
2: Alice, my Alice, time will rip asunder if we are kept apart any longer.
0: The priest's face warps with rage into a beastly countenance. His teeth stretch into glistening fangs, blistering holes form where his eyes once were. From each gaping socket bursts sparks, each ember taking on the deathly form of a demon ascending over the church. Below the congregation rivers in Confusion.
2: The sacrifice of an innocent will open the door for us.
0: Alice's face pleads with you.
2: It's the only way to heal the rift in time. Closed minds have, have caused the fabric of the universe to fracture and split.
0: The weight of responsibility sits heavily on you as you struggle to understand. M- minds close to what? To magic. Alice's tears vaporise, the demon's heat blistering the skies. To love. You reach to comfort her. At that moment, the firebird turns and plunges its beak into your flesh. There's no pain, but you watch in shock as blood flows across the firebird's opal feathers, raining on the demons below. A screeching fills your ears and you are buffeted left and right as they rise up and wail. Tensing beneath you, the firebird unspools an eerie cry born of all history and all futures, causing an image to form in your mind. You understand what you must do, you and this mighty winged beast. The firebird glides into the church. Alice slips from its back to stand beside the fine, noble woman before the altar. You watch as the face of the priest turns to human form, serene and wise. The firebird swiftly climbs back into the stormy skies. Demons stream after you, cloying fingers clutching at your clothes, winding around your limbs. The mighty bird curls its wings around you, hugging you tight against the opalescent feathers of its breast. Together you dive down towards the pristine spire. The demons trail the firebird's lustrous tail feathers, bound to your fate. Plunging into the shimmering depths hidden below the church, the last earthly sound you hear is the ecstatic cheer of a united congregation. Alice and the noble woman weave their hands together and hold them high, united in victory. You raise your hand in return and wave your last goodbye. Whoa! That was
2: so not the ending that I was expecting.
0: That was intense, man.
2: That was so intense. Oh, my goodness. And, and, like, I know from, like, obviously I know from illustrating this story that this story goes off in so many different genres. Like, that was, like, a really magical, like, mm-hmm. demonic, like, crazy time warp genre. But there's also, like, the spy route. And there's also, mm-hmm. I, if I remember correctly, there's, like, the sci-fi there's where sci-fi you can travel rate. down the story mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's like a there's a thriller so way. There's like a spy way. There's like a general like private detective, cop procedural yeah. like branch. And then yeah, and then there's a science fiction alien branch.
2: Oh my gosh! You can and, cover all of the genres. That was and, so cool. Mm-hmm. And I there's, there's how sport, good
0: the sport story. Is <laughs> there's a sport branch as well? Like we. Classic. It's a thing, like classic a sports thing too um but like look at what the a testament angels.
2: to meg's writing right. amazing
0: right amazing. and as she said like twisted dark warped and so and i loved here how like so the idea being that it was two women getting married and because of the closed-mindedness yep. of the congregation right it's kind of like rented this kind of like time portal and so you are essentially sacrificing yourself for all love right? Yeah. Marriage is not so just crazy. marriage between a man and a woman. Marriage can be for everyone to
1: show
2: them. There's so many different layers to this story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, how lovely to just how lovely to have illustrated it. What a, what a privilege. Mm-hmm. So cool. I love Thanks, it.
0: Thanks, Meg. Thanks, Meg. We appreciate uh, this wonderful story. Uh, five stars. That's what I'm giving this chef's kiss chef's kiss Meg beautiful story um <laughs> and look we sacrificed ourselves but it was for the greater good right
2: we even lost Meg on the journey as, as well
0: <laughs> we did <laughs> she's PI Street who's disappeared in the future
2: <laughs> yeah yeah really much
0: oh I love it well thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me again Claire it is so lovely as always to have you on here again how can people find you if they want to learn more about you and the work that you do
2: yeah I mean of course I have a website which is just uh, claireneal creative.com but I also have um, a page on social media and I also have an Instagram account that is Creates, um, And i guess it's sort of a weird one because i manage so many different social media channels but um to get in touch with me that's probably the best way
0: beautiful thank you so much claire and to you adventurers uh next week we will be going on an adventure again in the brisbane cbd but we will be going on an adventure as the sidekick of a very inept hero uh, as we attempt to stop him from messing up saving brisbane Uh, from a uh, terrible villain so that is going to be next Friday night here in North America and Saturday in Australia Uh, that's going to be with the lovely Lauren Sherratt and uh, and, and that will be a uh, fun and comedic adventure hour Uh, so please do join us if any of you want to explore the twisty turny windy paths of uh, the rest of Meg's Adventure and the Great Gabbard Mystery highly recommend downloading the Story City app at about.storycity.app and turning on spoiler mode Uh, And then that way, if you don't live in Brisbane, you can see how the story would have ended if you had been making the decisions. And if you do live in Brisbane, recommend going out to Gabba, for the very least, just because it looks like this now, and who knows what it will look like in the 10 years that they start building things for uh, the the Olympics. So go out, check it out now. It's such a cool neighborhood. It's such a cool neighborhood, right? Um, most people go to the West End or you know Central and you know like Paddington. No, no, no. Wool and Gabba. You Will could literally do a day trip
2: and literally you could do a whole day trip and walk from like the Gabba right through to South Bank and the West End. It's you just could. like the whole day.
0: Yeah, you could, and that's and that's a fun walk as well. And actually, very close to Wool and Gabba is the uh, Bogo Road Jail area, which was where Jason's uh, Jason's uh, monster story is. So like so many different ways you can explore personal. yeah mm-hmm. well thank you so Knocked much for off joining a couple us of stories live. that's right and uh Meg, again thank you so much for joining us and uh and